if if there are no boundaries and you can start from whenever and now kids are are, are being taught via the, the laptop via tablets and laptops and those are s- slowly phasing out books uh, in in most parts of the world how do we then get them on the field because if i can play fifa and i can be neymar today why should i run and be at the back of the line huffing and puffing and it's the easy way out i've been here many times before and i've never been defeated and still i will never be defeated it's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Up Front podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. All right, welcome once again to the greatest sports show this side of the Southern Hemisphere. This is Two Up Front, and my name is Jay, and I'm joined by Chuck. What up, Chuck? What's up, Jay? What's up to the viewers, listeners, everybody? Um, okay, Jay, let's get into it. Um, so an interesting development um, has occurred. I say it's interesting because Commonwealth Games are coming up this year, and esports is going to be trialed as an event um, for the for the Commonwealth Games, and then moving forward, obviously, if it's a success. My question to you is that, well, let me rather first define what esports is. Esports is you playing on your PlayStation, playing on your phone, your Xbox, on your computer, playing whatever game it is that is popular. That is basically what esports is. And now it is being brought to the Commonwealth Games, which is somewhat of a miniature Olympics, if you could call it that. And it will be given its own separate uh, branding, its own separate set of medals, but it's happening at the Commonwealth Games nonetheless. My question to you, first off, Jay, is that can esports be even categorized as a sport for it to be included in the Com- Commonwealth Games? The E is electronic, yeah. right? Um, and I suppose if you just look at the name, it, there's sports there. So you would you would you'd probably conclude that it is sports, just a different form of sport. But... I haven't looked up the constitution of the Commonwealth Games, but if you uh, if you try to define what the Olympics are, and mm-hmm. as you say, the Commonwealth Games are a miniature Olympics um, open to formerly um, colonized countries by the British Empire. But anyway, what the what the Olympics are defined as it's it's a series of athletic events, um, which is in line still with the Commonwealth Games. So the question of can they be categorized as sport? My definition of sport is 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 very close to that definition by the Olympic Committee, where there must be some form of athleticism. There must be a physical element for me to consider something a sport. Mm. It's a game. These are games, mm. right? Um, this is why, maybe controversially to some people, I, I have a hard time thinking of golf as a sport mm. because, yes, they hit the ball, but they spend a heck of a lot of the time just walking around um, on, 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 on those courses. Whereas when you think sport, especially when you think Olympics, Commonwealth, um, these are the places where athletics, um, track and field shines. Mm. This is a place where gymnastics shines. This is a place where swimming shines. You know? And when you track how those people go about preparing for, for, for those events, preparing for um, this once every four year uh, collection of, 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 of athletes, this training there's there's this preparation in terms of your nutrition and everything is geared towards physical performance mm. so when you then talk about esports none of that is 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 present you don't have to be 
physically gifted in any way. The reason the reason that we are drawn to the Olympics, athletics, and just professional sport is because you recognize um, by by way of the times that these guys are clocking, by way of performances that they're putting across, that they're able to do something not a lot of people in the world can do because you're just simply either not born with that level of talent or however much you, you you dedicate yourself, you cannot reach the level that these guys have reached. Whereas esports is totally different in that sense. Um, mm. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm I'm not saying it does. It takes nothing to be able to be good at esports. Everyone games. Well, a lot of people game. You know, but we we within our friendship circle as well. We know that some people were better than others, and that happens. You know, but I'll let you know what's happening off camera. Cameraman <laughs> is waving. <laughs> because he considers himself that guy he considers himself that guy yeah we won't argue the merits of that right here right now anyway but yeah um for me not a sport but a game i think that's spot on um it's, it's quite interesting that they've actually taken the step to include in the commonwealth games i mean look i think they're really riding the crest of the wave because this industry is booming um there's lots of money there's lots of interest there's a lot of eyes on this particular um genre of sports if we could call it that because they categorize it as a sport but i mean if for instance jay it was always a matter of well you're shouting at the guys on your tv but you're fat and you're you're not you're not you're not talented so you if you were to be on the same space with them or same plane whether it's a cricket pitch or whether it's a soccer field you wouldn't compare but now the fat boy has a say if you are going to go controller for controller and as you're saying, there is no physical, I don't know, maybe it's not politically correct to say the fat boy, but <laughs> the guy with the controller not now so has a voice. Gifted. Yeah, yes. not so physically gifted. So it's, 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 it is more of a game. And I mean, if you think about what esports is, it's very diverse. We're not just talking about Madden or 2K or FIFA. We're talking about Dota. We're talking about Fortnite. We're talking about anything you can play on your, on, your, on your device or phone or whatever it is. And to take that and put it in the same place as the Olympics for me is quite strange. I mean, as much as swimming is different from hockey and hockey is different from track and field and it is different from shot put and all that, as you're saying, the same thing that you can always put them under is that physical exertion, that practice, that 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 that, that physical, you're pushing physical boundaries. Yes, you are. You're pu- in terms of going, going for records, in terms of going for your personal best, you're pushing physical boundaries. And we've it's seen... It's a spectacle of how far the human body can mm. go. I think maybe, maybe in the future when, when the metaverse takes over, Maybe that could be considered as a sport because then we'd have our VR lenses on and we're doing all these other things. But as far as the sport goes, I, I'm not convinced. I, I think I think they're really riding the crest of the wave. But before we even close that, Jay, what does the growth of, of esports actually actually mean for sports in general? Do you think the fact that because we've seen um, particularly Google lockdown that there was an esports tournament where we had soccer players who because they were locked up and couldn't play uh, physically they were playing FIFA and you had Declan Rice against Sterling and, and, and whoever against whoever those guys who were gamers and does that does that hurt or hinder for instance does does, does the rise of FIFA hurt EPL as a brand does it hurt uh, Serie A does it hurt football as a brand does the rise of, two, rise of 2K or Madden esports in general does it hurt us because we don't need to go outside to play we can just switch on the TV and does that hurt sports in general do you think it's a detraction no, um, I think there's a world where both can coexist. Mm. So when I say I don't consider it a sport, that is not to say that I look down on what esports is, right? Because whether you like it or not, um, we are we are fast moving into a, a a place in existence where there's a lot that is happening online. Um, you mentioned the metaverse. Mm. Um, cryptocurrency 
is mm. a thing. Um, you've got artwork now that lives digitally with NFTs. So when you look at gaming, right, and you also then, when, when if I were to answer the question, why have the Commonwealth Games taken this step? Is because you don't want to be left behind. Because in in in, in that form of online life, um, and 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 where then sports like esports is is is, is the athletic um, version of it. Mm. The question of everyone else, traditional organizations, how do we benefit from this? Where do we come in? How do we not get left behind? And where 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 the Commonwealth Games have come in is well before anyone else claims this for themselves, or maybe they branch out. F- by themselves and become so big let let us get in on the action because chuck the thing about the thing about esports right when i, I was reading a report and 2022 projected revenues two mm. billion dollars right there are 1.5 billion gamers in asia alone mm. and there i think um legends of what is it called let me find legends of something i'll find league it. of legends yes league yes, of legends yeah. um world championship the the yes. finals attracted 100 million viewers which is same numbers as a super bowl and in america they make they make a heck of a lot of noise about super bowl numbers because it's the most watched television show in america every mm. single year so now you've got this 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 platform which is generating that kind of money has that kind of interaction and has that kind of viewership and mm. as you say the barriers to entry are so much easier than in sport like mm. i don't have to be a behemoth you know mm. i don't have to run a certain um time and automatically i'm in or i'm out i can just as you say sit there and largely gamers game on their phones now mm. so if i have a mobile wherever i am in the world i don't even need to ask the question man how do i become an epl player mm. suddenly i need to find my way to england and i need to find my way into an academy or maybe i need to know someone in there i just pick up my phone and i just hook it up online and it's go time mm. and if i become a certain kind of good in that i can become a world champion and if i see that and the world sees that the commonwealth games slash the olympics are obviously watching and when 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 we te- when we're speaking revenue then you know you know you know any kind of corporation wants to be in there they don't want to yep. miss out on that so i know why i know why they're on board with that um to go back to the question of do i think they threaten the existence of traditional sport no i don't and i w- i would say to that i'm not someone who games mm. all right you are someone who games but you're also someone who loves sport mm-hmm. then there's on the other side of that there's someone who games has no who has no interest whatsoever in sport these three people they meet in the middle where you are and can be fans of both without having to choose one or the other and the other guy who has no interest in sport can just yeah focus in on esport and the other guy like me who's just has an interest in traditional sport can just be about that mm. so i don't think they threaten the exist one threatens the existence of the other it's just an opportunity people are looking to get i actually th- i'm on the other side, other side of the spectrum because i feel it won't happen immediately but i mean if 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 traditional sports is looking to include esports because of its rapid rise and if you look at the fact that it's easy to get into i mean never mind that it's easy to get into there is no age limit i mean if you're 70 and you're kick-ass good you're probably going to be on the stage they're winning a medal you could play for the rest of your life there's no injuries to worry about there's no you can sit, literally sit there and just do whatever but the thing is this Jay, we, we t- slowly slowly technology has taken over whether we like it or not it has taken over and, and, and life as we know it is moving in a particular particular tra- trajectory ah that's the word in a particular direction let's use that word and i'm thinking that 
as time goes, if, if, if the Commonwealths uh, have adopted that and it's successful, what's stopping the Olympics from doing that? And sooner or later, because the growth on its own, on its own, Jay, is probably, if, if we would consider it a sports, it's probably the quickest um, rising sports in history in terms of viewership, in terms of attention, in terms of money being spent in there because they're a billion dollar industry because of in-app in, in purchases. You buy this particular guy and you buy this particular jewel or gem or whatever, you go to the next level. And I'm thinking, Guti, if, if there are no boundaries and you can start from whenever... And now kids are, are, are being taught via the, the laptop, via tablets and laptops, and those are s- slowly phasing out books uh, in, in most parts of the world. How do we then get them on the field? Because if I can play FIFA and I can be Neymar today, why should I run and be at the back of the line huffing and puffing? And it's the easy way out, basically, for me. And it's, 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 it's infectious, it's contagious, because you see it every day. I'm sure it's just about every day, because Jerry, we've got like a stream of sports accounts on our Instagram. I'm sure every two days you see, see someone on, 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 sorry, opening a FIFA pack, revealing Mbappe or a name, and they're celebrating. And it's, it's flooded our timeline. I think sooner or later, this is what we, I mean. It's going to hurt sports. I, I believe. Somehow, how do you how do you foresee that suppressing sports? Because one, for instance, in what way? In what way? Let's look at it this way. One, I think it is it is the cheaper way to get into gaming. One. Uh, maybe if you're talking about your PS5 or Xbox, it might not, be, might, might not be as cheap, but your normal phone gets you into a game. You don't have to buy a ticket. If you're, if you're watching, you can stream just about anything and everything. You don't have to buy a ticket to get to the stadium. You don't have to buy any equipment. You don't have to stay up to date with any of the equipment. If your phone is good to go, you're good to go. And so I do believe, Jay, if, if, if technology-wise, electronically-wise, if, if we're geared to go in a particular direction, why would sports survive? If, if, if the petrol car and the diesel car is dying out because of the electrical car, and I know those are necessities, but that's where the world is going. There is no company big enough to say, as Toyota, we decide which we're not going to go electric. They have to go that way. That's where the world is going. How will sports survive those things? I mean, in the case of a pandemic, football starts because we can't do that. Netball, soccer, whatever, it starts, but esports continues. It's, 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 it's like the cockroach of gaming. It cannot die. It will not die. It will last the whole court. It will last whatever happens. It will keep on going. And if anything, technology is making leaps and bounds. We're going to go to 6G, you're going to it'll be immersive it'll be why aren't you in it more than anything anything i think if if i think if you are making a case that it may grow to be bigger than traditional sports i think there's an argument to be made there i don't think it's going to suppress sport though because I, i i honestly believe the two things exist on different planes when you ask the question that if you can just game or you can be Neymar on 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 your on your device, mm. why would you go out there and do that on a pitch? Mm. The thing is, if you've got Neymar type talent, you are going to play. And there is something to be said about about traditions. There's something to be said about history. There's something to be said also about the things that human beings know and trust and are used to. Mm. And the thing about sport is as much as you are gaming if you are, if you really suck at sport chuck if mm-hmm. you really suck and i came to you and said hey let's go let's go play a game of football and you're like nah you know because you know you're really good at the thing um that's in your hand and your device so you'd rather do that mm-hmm. but if you are good at at football and you love the game because that's the other thing you are gonna go and play at the same time when it's time for you to get on your phone or your device and and to game you're going to do that as well. So I don't think it's a matter of because athletes are going to continue to be born. And the moment you discover your athletic ability, the moment mm-hmm. that you, you, you realize that you are able to do something physically that not many other people are able to do, also because it still offers the riches, it still offers the fame. And when I, when I, when I speak about the history, you've got an opportunity to line yourself up with, 
within a pantheon of greats that not many people will be able to do mm. you know and there is still even with esports there is still a matter of how good can you can you be because when you flood a the, the market with that many gamers it's going to be harder for you to distinguish yourself and be that good mm. you know so uh, in my opinion that's a whole 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 different field of 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 play as what sport is which is why i'd make the definition that one is a sport one is a game um mm. the two things are not going concurrently and headed to a, a headway where one would need to survive while the other one perishes essentially i just think Jay, with with the way the world is going and for instance let's let's to go with that neymar analogy that we that we tossed up if I'm not good at football and I do all, all, all I can to avoid it because I, I, I can't hide it. Mm-hmm. But behind my phone, no one knows who Gamer X is and I can build my way up. Whether Even if even if I suck for 10 years, you don't know who it is. But if I'm with you with the ball, Jay, and I can't score for the life of me, I know which now these guys are watching me and they know I'm weak. Imagine the draw that that has. Jay, when you're talking about people who are talented, that, that is that one in a million kind of a player. So as much as you were saying, Muti, if, there's, uh, uh, if the market is flooded in terms of esports, that is that one in a million gamer who is at the top getting the prize money and all that. If it is hard enough to get into sports, never mind uh, elite level, but in terms of uh, uh, equipment, in terms of, I mean, we talk about how we don't even have equipment, gas. we don't have a cricket pitch, we don't have a rugby pitch, but we've got fiber. On our fiber, we've got internet. Chelsea, MTN gives us internet. We can play on our phones or we, can, we have access. So my whole thing is that even if you suck, you can get into it and there is nothing that could pull you away because why learn something new and be embarrassed when I can learn something new behind, behind my phone, behind my, behind my, my, my device? That's how I feel it's, it's hurting sports because we are going electric. Here's the thing, Chuck. Even, as, even prior to the advent of esports, if you are not good at football, Literally, at some point, you get to a point, or or whatever sport, you get to a point where you just you just drop out. Like as simple as that, you drop out of it. I mean, when I say I I'm, I'm not a fan of gaming, it's not because I've never done it before. I've done it and I've tested what is my, what is what is my um, hunger for this, mm. uh, my appetite for it, and it's just not for me, you know. And I do believe there's a bunch of people out there who are like that, and I believe as well there are a bunch of people out there as well who really enjoy it. But also, at some point, you're gonna you're gonna know that as much as I enjoy it, I'm not so good that I am I, I'm headed towards a professional career, because as well, I if you if you ask me to go play football right now, I'll go play. Am I thinking that maybe someone will spot me, will spot me and I'm gonna be a professional um, football player? No, but I just enjoy it, you know. Mm. So as a matter of you see sports where maybe there's a greater danger for your health, like boxing or or rugby or whatever. Maybe as a parent, you're like, uh, I'd rather have my kid like uh, playing a game on their phone than being out there doing that. But something like football, football is as easy. Maybe even other instances, it's easier to organize a game of football than it is to play a game on your phone. If you're also, someone like if you're someone like Sadio Mane, for example, mm-hmm. and you are, you come from a background where you have no access to 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 even a mobile device, you're not even thinking about becoming a gamer. But you literally step out of your door and you can you you can play a game. It's, it's what I'm saying. It's much simpler. As I say, as I was saying to someone the other day, like the game of football, you literally need to organize something that you can hit and something that is soft enough that you can kick and roll and you've got a game. That simple. If we don't have devices for, for whatever reason, because we cannot afford them or we cannot get to them for whatever reason, we can still play sport. And for me, ultimately, I don't think it's going to be a question of would I rather do this or that for every single person and someone who's as equally talented, let's say, to become a professional in this and that, I think you're just going to be a a, a, a a professional in both 
arenas. Because as I'm saying, there's just something about sport, Chuck, where it occupies a certain level in, 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 in society and people still want to be the big man on campus. I, I think differently, I mean, to conclude, because I feel which is the changes that we've made in terms of what we live like in the last 50 years outpace what we've done in the last 200, 300 years as a society, as a people. And I don't know to how long will these traditions hold. I mean, they've held, they've held on very well. Stadia are being built. Um, they're superstars in terms of uh, football, cricket, you name it, right? But I believe the rise of this, in terms of the rise of technology, the rise of games for me, is outpacing the rise of naturally gifted uh, t- uh, talents in terms of schooling systems. Because as much as it's easy to put together a board and find five of your friends, I can just switch on my phone and I'm gone. I don't need three of. But my question other to you there. is: Why? W- w- what would lead you to a point where you'd say, "I'd rather not play sport at all and just do this"? Like, so if you if you had that talent, do just an interest. Let me, let me not even say talent. If you had an interest in sport, like it's going to be killed by you also having an interest in gaming, just because gaming is growing faster than traditional sport. You're just going to make the decision that nah, I just don't want to play, even though I can. And I like it. Like my your interest might be waning as a result of your interest growing in another department. I think it's a matter of if if, if enough people are doing it, and you're the only one kicking a ball. I mean, Donna. If for instance, let me give you a, a simple example. At four thirty, we all knew there's no one in the streets. We're all watching Dragon Ball Z. But if there's no one in the streets every day because they are playing with their Xboxes or their PlayStation Fives. Who, what is going to drive you to say, well, you know what? I still want to go and kick that ball. I still want to go and practice and do all these other things. So my whole thing is that it's not what you would hate So you it. can't have time for both. No, no, I'm not saying you can't have time for both. I'm just saying well, society has, pro- has shown with the more popular thing always is the one that wins out. Not to say what the other one dies, but I'm just saying the one, that, one that's popular always wins out. And, and at the rate of growth that esports is coming at, I do think at some point it will harm the growth of natural sports. I don't believe so. Um, as I say, I, I, I just believe that human beings are, are that ambidextrous. Um, they, mm. they have the ability to make choices like that where we can do multiple things all at the same time and have them coexist. As I say, um, esports provides an entry point for people who may not have been able to, to go into traditional uh, sport, whether for, for, for leisure or as a profession. But... It, it it's not gonna take away from the guys who actually want to do that. Like the parent who's 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 busy with Project Mbappe and then realizes that their kid is that good. I don't think you're gonna pivot and be like, you know what, maybe rather go do esport because it may happen that they're just not as good in the other thing. Mm-hmm. Or it may happen that they are equally as good. And it's like, okay, do both things. Um I don't think it's gonna come to a point where one has to give way because of the rise of the other. I think I think if you, you, you're trying a project in Bapi, nothing's going to get in your way. But I'm just saying for the masses, Jay, that's why I'm going to those people who are differently talented are one in a million, just like those who are at the top of the esports game are one in a million. But for the general public, if your options are, because I mean, Jay, we grow up and we have a phone in our hands. As, See, that's as the way, when you say options, it's either or. Mm-hmm. Like, you're thinking about it as either or. No, no I'm, I'm not saying either or. What I'm saying is that at, at the particular rise of sports, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing where the the options, the options really are Oguti. We, the majority of us, it will be a number of seven out of ten people are playing esports right now. There's only three of us playing soccer. Will we persist with soccer? Yeah, because we'll we'll just play it at a different time. That's that, that's what I'm saying. Because global, if, if you are playing a game globally, we live in a place where we live in a world where there are different time zones. So 
while people in 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 Asia or New Zealand, whatever, are are playing at a particular time, that's like midnight for us. And when we are, we, when it's during the day for you and me, and let's go play football. Okay, let's go do that. And mm. then at the time where you and your online friends from the other side of the world then can get to a place where you can play, you will play at that time. So for that's what I'm saying. Like for me, it's not a matter of. Well, now that I am so into gaming, I don't have any time whatsoever for sport. I think the people will say that are people who, in any case, would not have had time for traditional sport. Okay, moving into real sport. Um, over the weekend, the big game, Manchester City versus Spurs, a crazy game, which ended up with Spurs winning 3-2. A, 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 I want to say a Spurs-Antonio Conte late special because we saw that from Bergwijn. Uh, with Harry Kane heading home the winning goal. Chuck, my question now, with City being six points still ahead of Liverpool, but now Liverpool have the game in hand and can reduce that to three points, do you still have Manchester City as the favourites for this season's EPL title? Um, if yeah, if the question is favourites, yeah, definitely. I think they are still um, the team to beat. Um, and I think, man... As much as that was a great game, it was still a surprise result. End of the day, um, no one is no one is expecting City to drop points, and if City are going to drop points, I don't think then Liverpool would go on on a clean run and then chase them. So I still have City as favourites. Um, look, maybe as people would traditionally say, would you put that goal um, in the Champions League? They scored five and on the weekend didn't have enough to put Tottenham. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> should have saved more. Should have saved the goals because that's how it works. You can put it in a kitty and then you can draw it out in the next game. Although I will say for Raheem Sterling, he should have saved his goals because I mean at this point he scores in in in, in patches. Um, but look, I, I still think Kutu City are very strong. Um, takes a lot to stop them. I mean, Sporting found that out the hard way. I mean, that tie is done and dusted. I think their eye maybe was on the Champions League um, and they thought that this was a formality because Spurs have been quite poor this season. But I think something's come together for Conte. But are City favourites still? Um, yeah, I think, I think man, in terms of personnel and the options that they have, it's hard to look past City for me. If you look at Liverpool, if you take out a Mane or a Salah or uh, someone who is key, it, 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 well, Afcon would say otherwise, but I still think they can be derailed if you lose one of those key talents. Where I don't think that's the same with City. I'm starting to think differently about that. Um, just to piggyback off that point with Liverpool, mm. because of what uh, I mean, sure, so it was it Afcon. was it was two games in the EPL, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, it wasn't it was that. But 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 to me. be fair, when we spoke about this, um, and I I I said that as well that. I foresee them suffering because of Afcon, um, yeah. of Afcon. You know, at the time though, I did not realize that the two stars, Mane and Salah, are only going to miss two games. But with the reinforcements over Diaz and with Jota having uh, become what he's become, I think they can manage, you know, in, in most games in the EPL. And them, because mm. they are in a class with City by themselves um, regarding the rest of the league table. But I, I still do think, much like you, you have to view City as favourite store, um, particularly because you would think that Liverpool have to beat City when they come to the Etihad. And yes, as much as we've seen Palace go mm. there and do it, as much as we've seen Spurs, who have now done a double, I don't even know how Spurs have done a double and over you, Manchester and City. And what's this game, you can't really call it a fluke. It's not what the first game was, where they hit them early and then held on. No, you, well, it's, it, hard, it's hard to say how, because it is, it is, it is the talent that Spurs have um, in terms of those two guys, again, mm. which we'll get into, you know, whereas City everywhere, like teaming with talent, but the thing is with City, Chuck, where, where, where I have cause to pause and where I think Liverpool, although it would be miraculous, may do it. 
those goals, right? Mm. I was I was thinking about this midweek when I when I then watched the highlights of City against um against Sporting. The scoreline suggests one thing, but when you look at the goals, it's something totally different. Mm. Same thing against Arsenal. Same thing um against 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 Leipzig when they when they put six past Leipzig. There are own goals. There are penalty goals. There are long distance shots from defenders. There are there are set piece goals and there are deflected goals in the game in 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 this game against Spurs. It's Hugo Lloris having a goalkeeper gaff where he he spills the shot from from um, from Sterling mm. and then they capitalize on that and then it's a it's a Morris penalty. They had a heck of a lot of possession, mm. but they were not actually scoring goals. And I think eventually the pressure does tell when you play play against City. Like they've got so much possession, they keep coming at you, and then those mistakes creep in. So to be sure, they are the ones who are manufacturing the the mistakes from the opposition um and that's that's down to their own play but in a game where it is clean uh where it's going to happen perhaps where they they need to score those many goals i think the lack of a hurricane type of striker is something that will show up still favorites yes but i think sometimes some of those those results have 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 flattered them to be honest a little bit and i'll 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 come back to this for example there's a way to play against pep guardiola's teams we saw chelsea go to the camp nou hold out mm-hmm. and then go on to win the champions league we saw mourinho's inter milan second leg go to the camp nou do the same thing hold out spurs did that as mm-hmm. i'm saying like it's two goals where it's a deflection and it's a penalty outside of that they did not create all those many chances where you like man uh Hugo Lloris had an inspired day in goal and they had like what seven shots on target you know any other day they would have been put to the sword so if if it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of a lot of um stamina but if you can do that over there you have a chance it's a slim chance but you have a chance and as a result i think liverpool have a a, a good chance of reeling them in i think i think spurs got lucky in the first game but i think with this one they 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 played I say they played out their socks even because I mm. think they were at the very peak of their powers. I mean, one thing I think they did they, they did by adding Ukulushevsky is giving them proper options in terms of the counter attack. I think Upergwa and Lucas Mora sometimes they're not really in the right spot in terms of when, when you try, when, when you're trying to hurt a team. But a couple of times in the second half when they're going on the counter, Kulushevsky is wide. Son's got the ball, and you, you're really thinking about two particular options that could be played to them. And so before it was just Son going to give to Harry Kane because it was obvious, but now they've got options. But I, I'm thinking to myself, how many teams hit that height to hurt City? And how often can they do it? And I'm not to say which then you can hurt uh, Liverpool easier. No, it's not the, not the case because obviously they, as we, as we said, are a cut above they, they, those two teams. But do they have it in them to chase? Because I believe there's the Champions League as well, which I think the City have done themselves a favour. They can, they can afford to keep an eye off that particular tie because they're five goals up and focus on the next coming fixture. But it looks like Liverpool have to chase and chase and chase with every particular game and I think they can't afford to slip up where City can slip up um, even though uh, Liverpool have a game in hand but if they do get caught Jay, I think apart from that Aguero winner in that magical finish to the EPL season it would be one of the, the best chases in EPL history Would they have choked if they get caught? No, no if, if they're being reeled in now um, I think February is still early to call okay. it a choke job but if, if they do it post-March say say this three-point three gap holds until Three points not a lot though Yeah, say, say this three points holds until the end of March then we're on for a choke job if they're caught <sighs> I would extend it a little later I, yeah. It would have to be like six points like the previous the previous um, points difference mm. Three points Three points is a game you know and especially with where they are goal difference-wise um, Liverpool go to the Etihad 
and I believe if they just win as 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 their numbers look right now, mm. they would have a better goal difference, you know, and that would be a Herculean effort from from Klopp's side if they were able to do that, and they 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 themselves went one 0 down against Norwich um, over the weekend, but they came back and they won that game and ended up scoring three goals um, against Norwich. They have it in them. Um, especially now with how much depth they have in that front line, but when you when you look at City, they have lost the three games. You know, um, it is a double inexplicably against Spurs. That that first one happened early in the season where we've had some wonky results. Yeah, we saw last one. season where they got beaten five two at home by Leicester. You know, mm. we saw Liverpool <laughs> ship seven, and there were like wonky results. So in the early parts of the season, anything can happen. And then mid-season, Crystal Palace beat them. We don't really know how that happened. Um, here, <laughs> mm. you there's the blueprint, as I pointed out, which we've seen from great sides um, in the past. And Spurs were very disciplined. The way that those two la- two blocks were mm. moving um, together in unison is great coaching. And it's great concentration from, from, from the side of the Spurs players. And also then when they go and exploit the little chances that they have on the counter how they execute is just marvelous that pass from harry kane um mm. to 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 break um son free and son having the frame of mind to not try take on the keeper but to give it to kulishevsky and when you see as well how benton core didn't shine on offensively but things that he was doing like defensively mm. also the pass that that, that that sent the counter away to would ended up in harry kane's goal as well you look at that you you ask the question how many teams in the EPL upcoming for City can can do that? Mm. Not many, you know. Um, so ultimately, I am looking for it to come down to that mano a mano Liverpool versus City in that game at the Etihad, and City are well capable of in their own backyard of 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 keeping Liverpool at bay. So I still do have them as favourites, but it's 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 dicey. Look, I, I think it was impressive what we saw from Mupentenko and Nokulusevsky because they were down the picking order at AUV. So when they were pried away from Juventus, it wasn't really, well, these guys are on, are on fire and they're going to you know, take Spurs up a level. It was more of a speculative signing if you were look, looking from the outside in. And they actually proved to be quite very valuable members of the team. The question I have for you, Jay, if, if Pep, say for instance, Pep wins the Champions League but chokes up the, the, the EPL title, does the Champions League paper over the crack of having fallen away oh, yeah, in terms of... Does it uh, automatically? Uh, even if he loses it, because does that not hurt his? You come into his, the season, you come into a season with um, a team like City, those 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 big teams at the very top, mm. and you are setting dead aim at your league in the Champions League. You win one of the two. It's a it's a that's a successful season. You know, um, Liverpool gave away a seven point lead against Manchester City when they eventually ended up on ninety seven points, but they won the Champions League that season. Mm-hmm. Had they not. The, the the narrative around them choking would have been far greater than what you've seen, you mm. know. And then they go on to win the league title afterwards. And with City, they already have the, the, the league titles. And if they lose against... This is not everyone losing against Leicester, mm. you know, where you're like, what happened to all of you? Yeah. If they lose against um, the other so great the side one, of the one, yeah. era... Then you can you you can excuse it. This is like mm. Arsenal and Manchester United in the nineties into the two thousands. You know, if one or the other wins, how whatever the circumstances, you're like, okay, you can does, does it, it not too. does it not remove a bit of pixel and fairy pixie or fairy dust from Guardiola because last season he was in a position to win all four, one, two. Mm-hmm. And now I think he's in the race for two or three, no? Isn't in, in the FA Cup still? Yeah, no, yes. Yeah. So say say he falls away in the cup because cups are cups, it's whatever. And he only gets the Champions League. 
Is that still okay? Yeah, Chuck, okay. because because and you know why? Yeah. I think it's built into their narrative because we know they've, they've been, been chasing, chasing yeah. the Champions League. So if they do that, that's the final frontier. Um, it, it would be hypocritical from all of us to then come back to like, yeah, but then you did not win the treble or the yeah, double. Yeah. You know, when we've been saying the league title is not as impressed. We're not as impressed anymore by City winning the league, the league title. So sure, if they if they if they lose it, we're gonna have some things to say about that. You know, couldn't quite keep to it. But also, you know, bearing in mind coming into the season, we were bemoaning the fact that they didn't end up signing a hurricane and they might struggle without a a a a, a striker number nine. You know, mm. and for them to have done as well as they have done, sure, the narrative just does shift when you become more successful. But going back to that, we 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 we'd be looking at it like it's a great job still to come in second off of goal difference or a point. I don't think there's something to be ashamed of. Mm. Um, uh, it's 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 Manchester United, Manchester City that particular season. You you remember the Aguero goal more than you remember United shipping those six goals at home against Manchester City to make the goal difference what it was. You mm. know, so I don't I don't think it would if if they win the Champions League. Ah, uh, man, that that that's a bandaid over everything. To to Spurs and their mm. personnel, right? So what happened over the weekend? We saw that Hurricane and 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 uh, and so on moved to the top of the table in terms of goal contributions between teammates in Premier League history, mm-hmm. and they're ahead of the likes of like Henri and 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 Perez as well as Silva and Aguero, also also of Manchester City. Best duo in Premier League history. Um, let's see the names that are here. Um, yeah. Um, because I, I'd like to believe, and I think the stats could back me up. It, they must have done it in a shorter space of time. And I think with them, at, particularly at Spurs, it is just those two. Whereas with like a Drogba and a Lampard, it could have been a Drogba and a, a Hazard or a Drogba and someone else contributing. Just so happens with the, that particularly work. There's a better team behind them. There's a better team yeah. behind them, yeah. Whereas with these guys, for the past two three seasons, it's been just them specifically. And if you look at the fact that they're in a team that virtually wins nothing, Every other season, but they can still come together and still produce that. I mean, if they had if they had better teammates, I mean, yeah, we'd be more in the time that when 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 U Pochettino was close um, and they're there about in terms of winning the league and pushing those those, those sides to the very end. You'd be more in that particular time if you guys had converted to a particular trophy, if, mm-hmm. even if it's a cup, win something. Um, but outside of that, I mean. It, it it might just be and, and it's not to belittle Tottenham, but this is Tottenham's trophy that we are the best duo <laughs> out of all these. Stop like, belittling yeah. them when they've won nothing for you know, a decade. You know what I mean? And, and and comparing them to the other greats that have graced the pre, the Premier League, either the either the, the, the greats of the Premier League have done it individually or as part of a collective. So for them they're a clear duo for me that, that if you took those two outside, it is more crippling than any other duo that you could take out of any other team. So I think yeah, I'd give them that because Kane is on on, on track to Getting uh, catching up to Rooney first, and then maybe Alan Shearer by the time he hangs up his boots, maybe. Um, Son's just an exceptional player. So I mean, if he stays at Spurs, they they'd probably. I mean, give them if we give them two more seasons together, they'd probably add fifteen. We can add fifteen or twenty in terms of uh, their their joint contribution. So I'm I'm ready to 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 crown them that because I mean, if they're at the top already, I mean, those numbers shouldn't lie. You know, I was going to flat out dismiss that. Yeah. But when you said when consider the team that mm. they've played on, that it's been Son and Kane and pretty much nothing else. They made it to the top of the league with Mourinho and we're looking at the team uh, and at the end of the season, Mourinho even um, getting fired and you're like, well, there's mm. not much going around here, you know? 
and regardless of the situation they find themselves in, they are Son and Kane, Kane and Son. They continue being consistently brilliant. And that's hard to do mm. when you know and and I I they must know. Like they must know when they step on, <laughs> step onto a page that I'm going to look for you. And the other one also responds like, mm. yeah, like, like, don't party with the guys because you know nothing's like going to come with that. You see in the call celebrations that after everyone has j- jumped up and someone is talking to Kane, that guy, I'm going to find you again. It's We're going to do too. it again. It's yeah. The, and you know, Chuck, when, 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 when Harry Kane does that pivot and with his left foot releases that pass, one, that's genius from Harry Kane. But also, he can do that because he has confidence, has faith, and there's a history there where he knows where the other guy is going to be. And the other guy is already on, 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 on his horse and he's making that run because he might not know how he's going to do it, but he knows that my, my, my mate over there is, mm. is going to pull off something where he's going to get the ball to me. They obviously don't have the same kind of confidence in their teammates also because it's, it has been a change in cast around them. Yep. The thing that has been um, constant is the two of them, mm-hmm. you know, from Pochettino to Mourinho, um, to Nuno, to now um, where, where they are with, with Conte. And when I look at, at, at the list, these, these guys have been on great teams. Um, when you talk Lampard, Drogba, uh, the one last year, four or five, that they've got a defense only conceding era, yeah. like 15 goals. And you look at, at Henri and Pires, Invincibles, you know, mm-hmm. it's a great team behind them. And the other guys on the list, like Aguero and Silva, also in that Such era of, 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 of Manchester City. Um, I, I mean, I didn't really get to watch Sheringham, Sheringham and Anderton or nope, Fowler and McManaman as well. Uh, Fowler is <laughs> the guy nicknamed God. And McManaman is someone, one of a few English players who ended up at Real Madrid. So they were brilliant. Mm. And they also didn't win anything during that period. So they, they, they come into it. I think though, Chuck... Mm. I think I might I might have them only in second place because when Rooney and Ronaldo were doing their thing, yeah. that 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 was special, Chuck. That was that was special. When we were having the argument that um, Sir Alex Ferguson moved Rooney to make accommodation for Ronaldo, because I said like Ronaldo was just that talented, where you had to make room for him. You had to make changes to accommodate mm-hmm. him and him being at his best because when he entered his prime. That is unlike anything that has been seen in the Premier League, mm. you know. And with Wayne Rooney, it wasn't a, okay, he's been shoved to the side. Wayne Rooney was the consummate teammate. In terms of if Ronaldo is doing these great things, uh, they're going on the, the counterattacks, like they're just legendary. When I think about a counterattack, those are the two guys that come into my mind. Yeah. Where by themselves, just the two of them, don't need any other teammates. Sure, Manchester United also have the argument of, the other teams where it was a great it was like a, a great team behind them mm. but i just think the level of talent you've got one of the what in my opinion five greatest players of all time and you've gotten wayne rooney for me the the most complete player i've ever seen at number six <laughs> not a, no, no 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 not a number six you know but like their talent was tuned in my opinion that much higher than mm. even a son and a Kane. i think both of those guys are world beaters um because even when ronaldo left rooney was still um, um, I'm setting it off in the EPL and Ronaldo was yeah. trying to get his own crown in, in in the La Liga so I think with these guys they still have I mean if you look at the the, the period where they're both at their peak it's much shorter than what Kane and, and Son have um, collectively because I Son, think, Son and Kane have time yeah they've had time yeah so and I, and I think that that got disbanded because as well there was an addition of Tevez and that broke away as well um, quite quickly but I think in terms of just watching them and talent I'd have to agree with you but in terms of what's on the list um, in terms of um, the EPL stats and stuff I'd go with Harry Kane and Son. I hear you. Uh, the numbers do back them up. Um, I think the numbers would not had 
mm. a certain Ronaldo and his well, 800 you could goals. Go, you could go, stayed at Manchester United. You can go for Dwight York and Andy Cole as well. That was electric as well. That only lasted two seasons, eh? Mm. I think we, we, we think back on that different than what it was, but also at its peak. If we're comparing peaks as well, yes. Um, for me, that peak of, of, of Rooney and Ronaldo, just special, man. Just special. Um, right, so Jay, this is the first time um, that we've gone back to old school rules where the away goals rule don't count in terms of scoring away and then benefiting from Before that away goal. Before even born. Yeah. I That's mean, how old school. Um, so we've gotten accustomed to that, uh, that, that format that... I mean, it was said to entice the away team to go on an attack and not sit in and not defend and try to win the game at home. And it somewhat had the opposite effect where they play away and then at home they, they're reserved. So they've done away with that rule. Do you think this changes the competition drastically or do you think the EPL will still be played with those same tactics and with the same um, mindset? You say, Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I don't like it. Um, I don't understand why right, the change is made. Mm. Having watched the games... Um, and then thought about permutations. Uh, I mean, even when I when I was when I was thinking about the Dortmund um, versus Rangers game in in the in the Europa, yeah, right. I was like, okay, Rangers won four two away from home. And in, in in previous years, I would have thought to myself, you would have thought to yourself that they're halfway there, you yeah. know. And you know that Dortmund. I mean, they have to anyway. But you know that Dortmund have to go hilter skelter for two goals, whereas going for three goals definitely mm-hmm. is, is 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 something different altogether. So I, when I when I was thinking to myself, it, it it is the matter of especially because in Europe um, the home crowd still is something that they depend largely upon. So if you're playing that that game away from home, you don't have an incentive mm. to go and score an away goal. You can park the bus. With the idea that, well, when you come back to the second game, that's not the the option of parking the bus for the other team is probably not going to be there. Mm. And you guys can use the momentum that you use every other week when you're playing in front of your home crowd and go on to win the game. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why they made why this yeah. decision because, as you say, there was incentive. It was introduced to add. An extra, an extra spicy dynamic to these ties, you know, just like sprinkle a little mm. more potential drama in this, and then removing it. What's the point? Yeah, it's very different. I mean, now, I mean, before a one-all draw meant something. Well, they've got the goal, so we need to chase the game. But now it's still a draw. Spec- can, one. Yeah, we can still sit in and then maybe play out for extra time on penalties or whatever. I mean, this plays into the hands of people like Simeone who play boring football. I'm like, okay, guys, what does United have? Let's wait and just, you know what I mean? I mean, especially with currently with United, if you hit them at the beginning of the first half, you get your goal, you're done. You know what I mean? Whereas if, before you consider... Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Based on recent maybe, evidence. Yes, 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 maybe. Um, but look, I think before you, you thought about the, 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 the entire tie, it was, here's what we're going to do in the first game. Oh, they score. That changes everything for the second game. Whereas this one, you can take it literally game by game. It's not the whole the whole it's time. It's just another could, game. I mean, you, you can literally, you can literally put all defenders for the first game. The rest just your, 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 your forwards in the second game, kill them because there is no incentive in the second game. So, I don't ask why now. Um, it's, it's, it's very weird, but let's see how this goes. Uh, maybe we get used to this one and then we forgot that we forget that we ever had an away goals rule thing. But I don't ask, it's, it's weird. We'll see in the second leg. What happens with, mm. with, with the games already have had the first legs and the ones upcoming this week? The thing I will say with the way goals rule, Chuck, would be that the change that I would have full on supported is that remove it in extra time. Like mm. in extra time, then yes, make it a, 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 a like, like, uh, 
all square again make it such that if the away team scores now in the second leg in extra time they can't get that advantage because mm. we, we didn't have the advantage over there have it you kept at 90 minutes yes. to the way goal rule yeah and then if we go into extra time or then it's whoever if we get a winner from there outright we get a winner if not we go to penalties but not in like in the 90 minutes mm. because when i was watching the real madrid game carlo ancelotti clearly to me told his team to go out there and try not to concede they were not playing not at all they were not playing at all and i've never seen a real madrid madrid team go onto a football pitch especially in the champions league which is their tournament and do that you know i think to myself if there there is the incentive as we mm. keep saying of the advantage of an away goal then they're actively looking to score a goal but mm. they would they literally were happy to go back to the burnabout with a with a nil nil and i'm just like that right there for me was evidence enough to say i don't like this i mean if you look at the the teams on display the attacking talent on display and one is negative because well it means nothing to score a goal right now as opposed to scoring it at home that that changes the dynamic in terms of uh, also what we are watching as a spectacle i mean because i saw Modric work his work his butt off but not offensively yeah and it's like this is not the Modric we would like to watch we don't want a casemiro game we want to watch Modric at the peak of his powers supplying weapons and supplying up vinicius i mean instead the what we saw was was the paris wave after wave after wave and they were trying to break them down and eventually mbappe gets the goal which makes it interesting but without that goal we're back to a boring spectacle so i don't know why then why now um but speaking on mbappe after that particular game and how mm-hmm. negative uh, madrid were and and how clearly paris was the better side do you think he's better off staying with paris play, playing with neymar playing with messi because i'm assuming messi would stay on for more than one season or do you think he goes on for a new adventure so joko suggested that he should stay in paris um because there's the opportunity of carving out his own legacy with psg and PSG are closer to winning a Champions League than what Real Madrid are. Hmm. And I would agree with the premise that uh PSG are closer to winning a Champions League title uh, simply because even if you look at their progress in the last two seasons they've been in the final and they've been in the semi-final losing to Manchester City last season. Whereas with Real Madrid even though they made it back to a semi-final spot last season hmm. Chelsea were far and away in my opinion just that Chelsea struggled with goals they were far and away the better team um in 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 both legs mm. and Madrid were lucky to get into the second leg still on equal footing because of Benzema's goal this season with Real Madrid it's it's more of the same in actual fact the beginning of the season um would have given you as a Real Madrid fan a a a an occasion to feel um hopeful about the season or that the season is is the team is further ahead than the what what they were last season because they started off with like big victories mm-hmm. you know but that has slowed over the course of the season and there has been added um there there's been like words against uh Carlo Ancelotti has been added pressure and frustration also from Real Madrid fans of which I am one I want Carlo Ancelotti out Oh. Like I want Carlo Ancelotti out because Chuck, if you go from Zinedine Zidane <laughs> and you go back to the guy that essentially he took over from, you you you've you've not made a move. You've just come back to but, the same place. That's the Latissima guy, Ancelotti. He got you there, and then he was fired. Yeah, and then after after him, there was the hat trick of UCL titles, and the guy who won the hat trick of UCL titles was fired. 
So, so he had a better time coaching Real Madrid than Ancelotti. So you fire him and you go get the Everton coach. True, Jay, but the hey, he's not the Everton he coach. He was the Everton that's, coach. That's, that's a blip on his CV. Because that's like, where he's at right now. That's no, where he that's was not at. Ancelotti's level, Jay. But he built the nucleus of that team, that, that treble winning team. It was True. put together by Ancelotti. True. So, I mean, fine, Zidane, not to take away from his coaching exploits as well, because he got them um, um, playing again, especially when they fired him and he came for a second stint. He got them back up again. So there is credibility to, to Zidane's portfolio. But I feel what Ancelotti got you guys playing again. I mean, we were sitting here saying to Real Madrid look old against Chelsea. They were overrun in midfield. And now... Still the same the, team. Yeah, against Paris we said that. But before then, in the first Where half it counts, of the season... Where counts, still the same team. Because you know what how, happened? You know what happened that is different from last season? Still, yeah. Last season, Benzema was carrying like offensively Real Madrid. This mm-hmm. season, Vinicius exactly. has come into his own. Vinicius mm-hmm. has come into his own. I don't believe, because of how early that happened, I don't believe that Ancelotti is the one who's responsible for that. You know, it, it doesn't hurt having mm-hmm. a coach like him. Ancelotti is, he's built his career on managing egos, mm-hmm. like on managing stars, bringing stars together and having them play at, at at a level where they can win the Champions League. That's what happened. That AC Milan team, every position, mm. like from, from Dida to Kafu all the way to Kaka and, and whoever was playing a striker, they were great, man for man, all mm. 11, right? And that's how he was successful. The reason he was hired at Everton and what they were trying to do is, you remember when they beat Spurs, like I think beginning of last season, they had mm. that all-star midfield mm-hmm. and they were trying to put big name players or stars in order to improve Everton. It's like, this is the guy to coach them. Mm-hmm. This is not the guy to develop your team for the future. I'm not saying Ancelotti is 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 not a, is not a good coach. I feel for the project that is supposed to be at Real Madrid, where you are supposed to be moving away from Kroos, Modric, and 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 Casemiro. You are supposed to be giving greater opportunities to Kamavinga and 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 to a, to a Fred Valverde and mm. play him in his mm. position, not have them as 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 afterthoughts. And you are right. Ancelotti built this team. This team is eight years older, Chuck. There's a that's, point that's where thing, there's a point where you need to move on from these guys, and he's not going to do that because these are his guys. But Joe, who can achieve what with this team? And I think then the onus is not on, on Ancelotti alone. About calling two hundred million, it's a lumbar If the money was spread out more economically in terms of bolstering, he's not going to buy young players. Yeah, but you know, he was going to look to bring gonna, Ronaldo back to Real Madrid, probably. He was going to buy established players, and that's okay because that's that's the DNA. Because he found Umuntu or Shisai already. I'm firing the team and put put that set up. Fine, it's to the detriment of Uvalverde and Ukamavinga, who are exceptional talents. I do agree with you there, but I think with what he has now, because other options are our East Coach. Okay, Chuck. If you know you are not going to win the Champions League with whatever you have mm. there, right? It's similar to what you had at Arsenal, where. Arsenal not going to do anything with with, 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 with with the older guys and maybe not much with the younger guys. But you go with the younger guys because there's greater upside, mm. right? So you yeah. are right in saying that his options are limited. It's not as if he's got, um, he, he's, he's benching all-time greats mm. at this point in time. But in, in, in my view, if Real Madrid came into the season without much of a chance of winning the Champions League to begin with, then the guys who have been brought to be Real Madrid's future start blooding them in a little more, a lot more than what you have up to this point. The question of who else, which other coach is going to do um, what else with this team, mm. I don't think any other coach would have led them to like a, a, a triumph in the Champions League. Um, perhaps still, I believe, would still have them where they are in La Liga because Barcelona, we've seen what they have been this season. Atletico have not been impressive in, in the defense of the title. Sevilla mm-hmm. have come up, so it's really just between the two of them. And Real Madrid would have largely still been the same team. Mm-hmm. 
but with a, a coach that is more innovative or a coach that is that that, that has a, a, a new perspective on Real Madrid than what Ancelotti is coming back with, mm. I think that for the future, that is a better uh, situation than what you have right now. Because even even as the done left in the I, semifinals are you confident with these guys, that Madrid will be where they are now on the log if say Kamavinga and Valverde were playing in place of U Say Umatrich and Casemiro. Do you think they'd still be top? Maybe of the not league? in place, Chuck, but mm. have play them a lot more mm. than what you have because and he's he's not in the in the, in the game over the weekend. But if he wins the league, would you would you not be happy with that? Of course, I'd be happy. I'm not. I'm. I'm. Because I'm. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying that um, someone else would have won the league at a canter, mm. you know. And you absolutely need to drop these guys completely and play those the the, the other guys because you do still have Kroos, Modric, and I need to catch you there. I, I understand your school of thought and you're talking about progressive, progressively building in these players because these ones are going to go out the window and like, build this team up and then add to it later on. But Real Madrid is a season-by-season club. That's why Gajalotti uh, uh, can win a Champions League and get fired. Uzzadan can win a Champions League and get fired because it is what have you done this season. It's not what you're going to do into the future. So I think... We need to start thinking about that if you're getting young players in. I, I don't think that's, what, that's how Real Madrid work though. That is not. Real that's Madrid don't I'm do sure. rebuilds and they don't do mm-hmm. long-term builds. But as much as, and as a Real Madrid fan, I've had a heck of a lot of fun going at Barcelona, <laughs> right? Yeah. This has provided an opportunity for Barcelona have blooded in all these youngsters. A lot of them. A in a, of in them. a few seasons... You're gonna have a problem on your hands, and the question will be, what's happened with your young players? Vinicius, mm. Vinicius is 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 21. Has already played almost 150 games. Has played 150 games for Real Madrid, and part of the reason he's had the run in the team and has had the opportunity to improve is by circumstance because Hazard was was signed to play in his position. But we know what has happened with Hazard at Real Madrid, mm-hmm. and that opportunity. Look what happens when you do play young players on a more consistent basis, and. Real Madrid lucked into that because they had no other choice. Whereas I'm saying, you as the coach, mm. you you can see that these guys are on their last legs. You've if you watched the tape from last season, you know that against the very biggest teams in Europe, they're not going to be able to compete the way that you'd like them to. So, mm. all that being as it is, and having signed Kamavinga at 18 years old and not let him go somewhere else to develop first, having a Ferdi Valverde still there and not putting him out on loan. What is what is the point of that? Like, mm. why are you not giving them the keys more and more? You know, I am as I'm saying, I'm not saying completely do away because there's no one who does what Cross does, mm. for example. But a Casemiro and a Modric still good, but he's got he's he's on his last legs. Yeah. Casemiro also, you know, and these young players give you something different. So if I'm Mbappe, mm-hmm. I don't want to come into this situation to answer that question with old crocs no yeah. i don't want to come into into this unless i know that we are moving mm. in in a direction where the the team is going to be uh, spruced up and i'm going to be given the best chance to win everything so suddenly it's not that easy it's not that black and white to, to i'm jumping to my dream because it's my team my dream team it's actually careful and considered who are you giving uh, who are you putting in the team for me to play with that must be the, the conversation. If he's sitting with the chairman, whoever he's talking to from Real Madrid, he must ask the question, him and his team must ask the question, what is, what's the project? Mm-hmm. And we hear this all the time. You know, Tell me what the project is and then I'll make the decision. If you're going to tell me that, oh, it's going to be more of the same next season, I don't want any part of that. But if you tell me that, yes, you are the centerpiece at 22, 23, and these other guys are at a certain age bracket are also coming into the team and going to form the nucleus mm-hmm. of what Real Madrid are going to be going forward, then okay, you know, I am willing to give a season or two, like being blooded in with these guys that we grow together because I know that when we hit our, our, our when we hit our peak, 
it's going to be lights out. But if it's going to be, no, we're just going to drop you in the middle of this and hope that you can do the wonders that Benzema and Vinicius are doing, mm-hmm. then nah. Say Mbappé needs to go to England. I think it's 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 a, it's a, the cycle right, Liverpool. Moved. The Liverpool yeah. thing keeps the, coming up. The cycle has moved. I think right now English teams are at the top, and I think they'll be there for maybe another two three years um, before the Spanish teams so as well. um, reemerge. So I think if you want to win something now, make that move there. Jay, let's run onto a couple of quick hits. As an Arsenal guy, Martinelli is back from suspension. Do you have him or Smith Rowe? You have to play Smith Rowe. Um, one, I've said this to you before. I think it was Smith Rowe hits Smith Rowe's ceiling is Jack Grealish at um, Aston Villa. Um, I think he's that good. It's not just because of how they wear their socks. Mm-hmm. I think he's that good. Also, he's the team's leading goal scorer and we're in February and he's still scoring. Is he, is he the leading goal scorer? He's the leading goal scorer. Oh. And at this point, when you have a team that's been struggling for goals, why would I sit that guy? I understand mm-hmm. why Martinelli came into the team. Um, actually, he came into the team because um, Smith was, was injured. Mm-hmm. Then he had good performances and he's a demon on the press and just with, with energy. And unless he can convert into a striker, I don't, if you are coming, if it comes down to Smith or Martinelli right now, I think Smith should be playing, in, in, in my opinion. I would play the both of them. I've seen when Arteta has gone Kanho, and that's the lineup I like for Arsenal. I know what is, in terms of balance, it doesn't give you balance, but Arsenal still play good football in terms of they're attractive on the eye and they play good, neat passes. Where would you if, play Martinelli though, if you're playing all, all I'd have I'd have Martinelli on the right, Saka on the left, I'd have uh, all Smith as a 10. And um, Odegaard? Just behind him. And then you just have Party by himself in midfield. Party can do it. Party, I mean, there are only four teams that, that are big enough to trouble you in midfield. Well, yeah, technically, I mean, no chance. Having having seen Arsenal you know, play with one with one pivot, it, it, I'd love that because as well because this guy who's supposed to be prep light, who plays with like one pivot, is supposed to introduce that kind of like game. Mm. I don't think I don't think the team is there as yet to I, just play with the I, one pivot. I, I'd love to see that team because I, what you have with Usmetro is a guy who's very direct. Like when you see him score his goals, he sees the goal while he's I think two touches away. He knows how to eliminate the player and just. I think Smithro is as good at Saka. Hey? Yeah, no, I think that guy. There's a reason the song is um, uh, what Saka and Smithro, something like that. I don't know that song. I'm not gonna learn that song. I don't want to hear that song. Hater. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Um, moving on to your team. Uh, Based on what you saw on the weekend, um, the 4-2 result, going 2-0 up, giving up the lead, and then um, winning it at the end. Are you encouraged or discouraged with the, discouraged. the game <laughs> against Leeds? <laughs> Why? Discouraged because the same thing keeps happening. I, I don't care which we overcame it. We need to prevent it from happening. Um, you can't have it with every, every... It's now game number four, if I'm mistaken, on the trot, where we've been up in the first half. And in the first five, ten minutes of the second half, we can see the goal. It's like, guys, you know it's going to come. Switch on. Fine. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There's that fluke goal, right? And then they score like three seconds later. Guys, where are the alarm bells? Are you guys just chilling? And then we have to toil again have and again. Have you seen this happen before? And especially if you look at the fact that in the last uh, couple of games before this one, we've, we've, we haven't been clinical enough to put teams away. And so if you're going to get uh, picked back to 2-2 against Leeds at their home ground, what are the chances of you coming back? So I'm encouraged that we got five, we got three points. We finally converted and got, got the W. But it's more of the same, man. I think we got lucky, if I'm honest. Given that this is what United have been doing, where they go up and, and, and they concede. Even going two up, they still like allow the back other to team parity, to, to come up. into it. I'm going to say... When that happened, it was a, okay, this is not unexpected. So that's the baseline. This is what happens. But then they came back themselves and scored the other two goals. Also, we had a Sancho showing on the weekend where I was just like, man, this boy's boy football IQ. What The decisions, the things that he sees, the vision when he's in the final third and the ability to, to execute on the things that he sees. 
you've got a serious talent on your hands there. That's why at the beginning. And I'm encouraged, Shaq, also because, mm-hmm. right, Paul Pogba lost two games has been brilliant. So this, this is why we're happy every time. <laughs> this, this is exactly <laughs> why. Also, Bruno Fernandes again proving that he is world class mm-hmm. and he's he's needed and he's showing up in these games. So yes, other things that still need to be sorted. Yeah, United are not suddenly um, uh, title contenders, mm. but the fact that they did what they were doing before, but then overcame it, mm. and also sprinkled in in, in 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 between those performances from those big players, mm-hmm. I'm encouraged, man. I say something controversial, but I I, I absolutely fully mean it. Mean it. If uh, Sancho what was signed, if San- Sancho was signed by Arsenal, he hit the ground running, because Sancho yes, played. He, no, but listen, Sancho plays the kind of football where he gives the ball and he runs into space. Well, if you look at United, there are only two or three players giving you that option. The rest of them are stagnant. And if you look at the the, the, the ball when it's played on Sancho's side. He, he draws players in there like two or three players who are playing triangles with him. And Arsenal do that all day and he'd hit the ground running. But if you have to go beat the man and there's no other option, beat the man and cross, you're limiting my performance. If I can dummy beating the man and pass inside and go around you, then as a defender, you've got stuff to worry about. But if it's just you, my job is easy. But what, what Sancho brings to the table is options. If he's not beating you down the wing, he's passing, he's cutting in, he's got flicks, he's got, he's got all these things. So And maybe we're going to see more of this. Which is Hopefully. encouraging. Which surely, yes, surely. it is encouraging. But the fact that we got picked back again for me, ah, it's more of the same, man. I'm just happy for the three points, but the performance. We were talking about controlling games. Where is that? Yeah, yeah, Chuck. We're as I'm saying, it's like we're not sorting out all the issues all in, all in one go at the same time. But some of them have been sorted. Times are moving. <sighs> well, um, time that may be up for someone is, mm. is Sadio Mane. Over the weekend, he was playing through the middle. Um, Diaz was was playing the team. Jota was out. Um, do you have concerns for Mane's spot in the starting lineup with the introduction of Diaz into this team? Yeah, I think eventually, um, eventually with with Klopp, you will fall away. Um, we saw Firmino. We thought um, Jota's coming in as a replacement for Firmino, but he was the starter who eventually replaced Firmino for good. And I think if Mane yeah, could, was a backup, a backup, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think if if Mane continues this way, because one thing that Klopp does because he's loyal, he does give his players a run, even if you have a bad patch, he gives you a run. But the way Diaz is playing, if 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 Jota and Salah fit, there's no space for Mane. I mean, he had a horrible um, Afcon for me, Mane. He 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 goes and he tries and he tries and he tries. You you can't knock him for that. But in terms of form and and, and conversion, he's not quite there. So it could be up. But I think we'd more likely to see that at the beginning of the next season. But I think with this season, he'll still give him a run. I think he should be looking over his shoulder. Um, he scored a spectacular goal over the weekend. But it was it was clear to me that money is not someone to play down the middle, and the concern for me there is when, when 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 Jota's out from you know being there, we know that he's obviously more comfortable and he's best from the left wing. But mm. when an accommodation needed to happen, Diaz was put on 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 in Mane's position, and Mane was asked to go do a job mm. down the middle. And when that starts to happen, you like well your job security when you, when is you, not that high because when you're the utility player, yeah. yeah Let's say Diaz is left-footed. There's no way Salah's asked to go down. Salah is going to play where he is, he is best. So the combination of those things, for me, um, yeah, man, Mane should be watching over his shoulder. As you say, we saw this with Jota because mm. when you come into the team and you are brilliant for, for a period of time, it's hard to ignore you. And if Diaz keeps putting in performances better than better than Mane, mm. then, yeah, that that's going to be tricky. And then lastly, um, yeah, no, it was a bad thing that happened this past week. The protest got smashed um, by the Black Caps. Yeah. Do you think we can come back? I mean, if you look at the way we batted, it was, for me, it's discouraging. But do you think there's, 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 there's hope? We there? can, Chuck. Um, what happened in this game, like we're in a 10-day strict um, lockdown um, 
from the distance spoke out against that. And then we didn't also have any practice matches. We're straight, straight into the conditions. Mm. Also, when I think about the fact that New Zealand did win by 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 an innings and 117 runs, I believe, against Bangladesh in the second of the two test matches, they had lost the first test match against Bangladesh. So they're not bulletproof at mm. home, mm. even with a, a, a innings and however many runs um victory in one of the games. And... This is still the Proteas who we saw come back against India. Sure, there are not two games to do it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, do I think we, we will do it? Uh, not that confident, but we're in with a fighting chance. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at this based on the circumstances that led to it and think that, yeah, we nah, can't win. I mean, with the team lineup that we have, um, I, I, we just took a so gamble for a no. no reason. Yeah, for me, nah, I don't see it happening. Um, yeah. All right, guys, you know what time it is? It's time for my dice. And disclaimer, gambling can be addictive, so please do so with money that you can afford to lose. So my five selections for the upcoming weekend is on the back of the 4-2 win against Leeds. I've got Manchester United on over 1.5 goals against Watford at home. I have um, Manchester City and over 1.5 goals as well away to Everton. I've got Porto, who are undefeated and leading the table in, in, in Portugal, winning at home straight win for them. I've got Atletico Madrid as the home team, scoring over one and a half goals. And I've got the team that won 6-0 over the weekend, Dortmund, playing away from home, also scoring over 1.5 goals. Chuck. All right, here my picks. Um, I've got Leeds playing at home against Spurs. I'm going for both teams to score there. I don't think Spurs continue flying high like they did against City. Um, they come back down to earth and they concede against Leeds. And maybe there's a draw there, but both to, both to score. West Ham against Wolves. I'm picking the upset. Wolves to upset West Ham United. Bayern against Frankfurt is almost a foregone conclusion, but just to sound it out to make it clear, Bayern beats Frankfurt. Um, Celtic, who are the Scottish uh, league leaders against Hibernian, Celtic to win that. Kukune versus uh, Swallows, that's in the PSL, over one and a half goals in that fixture. Um, guys, thank you for joining us on yet another episode of To A Front. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find our podcast on in, on every streaming service. You can find us on social media at To A Front Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me at Zulu, and you can find Chuck at Chuck To Up. From me, I am Audi. All right, guys, hit us up. Let us know what you think of esports joining the Commonwealth Arena. Do you think they should be there to stay? And what do you make of it? Is it a sport? Can you make a case for esports? Um, the Champions League, do you think the away goal rule being changed affects much? Do you think it changes how we perceive the, the event? And then lastly, with the quick hits, do you think Martinelli comes in for Smith Rowe? Would that be a, a smart move? Or lastly, um, United's comeback against Leeds, is it impressive or nay? This is Chuck, and I'm out. Thank you.